Hi, I'm Gabby. I'm Liska. And this is Cries in Norwegian, our podcast about the scamverse and all of its parallel universes. That's right. And today we are... I always wanted to play this joke and just say something totally random, like España season four, and be like, what? What season did you watch? But I can't do it with a straight face. I am also really bad at lying. So in fact, we are doing Scam Friends season five, kind of original character season. Yeah, that's right. This is the first we discussed a new character yeah France definitely has led the way so you know there are some advantages to being the first I think it's a really interesting season in a lot of ways let's say that yeah yeah I guess before we start I do I mean I don't I feel like no one really cares but I care ever since we watch scam whenever my cousin Goyana is gonna say oh this is your shame she's she goes oh this is your scam but my scam is how long it takes us to edit these episodes when I was listening to the scam france episode that we just posted uh-huh i had to cut a whole discussion about druk because i was talking about season five and an entire season aired in between you're kidding me okay yeah. that is ridiculous okay an I'm entire sorry. season aired in between and i was just like nope i'm i can't listen to this i'm cutting i, I absolve <laughs> you and i take all the guilt i i feel so bad that makes me that, that does make me feel bad uh and i'm gonna work i'm gonna do better very quickly because i i'm like basically not gonna talk about the remakes in this section anymore i can't do it yeah but druk did have so a, a season six i really liked it that was excellent in a lot of ways so i'm excited when we get to talk about that it has not been renewed it has not been canceled i am hopeful that we will have more so i guess we'll see and then scam france did also finish their season seven yeah people i think ultimately ended up liking i i wasn't as part much as of that discussion because i i'm just like really behind on france so i i like i don't know these characters uh because they're like, it's like the new squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really know them. Although Arthur does make an appearance. I'll bring that up later. Oh. Uh, I don't, again, I don't know the specifics. I don't know why Bass is still around. I do know that Arthur shows up sometimes. Do you want to know who he shows up with? Which of the two girls you mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No way. So they are together. Yes. Although in season, I guess in season six, he does kiss Alexia, but I don't know. And then, but, but they're not together. But then once... Okay. Once season seven starts, like it seems like he is with Noah. Okay, okay. I will say this about the show, especially because we were just talking about shipping and ship wars. I didn't have a preference in this one. I was like, both good yes either one Have i mean one. i still fucking hate the love triangle but we can talk about that in the second yeah we can talk about that because i i was yeah i have about that but um i'm anyway yeah it, that's too broad of a statement maybe to it it requires a lot of caveats so table <laughs> um <laughs> i think sam friends shoots two season at a time but so we should be in theory you think expecting season eight sometime relatively soon yes yes they, and they live in a universe where, like, the pandemic didn't happen. So they just ignore it. And I think Yasmina's seasons should be coming soon. I feel like usually we do, like, an overall. My overall thought was, like, it's fine. It's fine. Watching it, I was like, this is fine. It's pleasant. It's not necessarily great. But, like, it's watchable. And it's a topic I care about. So, you know, it's fine. And then episode eight happened. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? And then it was like- So, so episode eight is where I stopped for reference. Yes. 
And so it feels to me like, and we can get into this in more detail, but it almost feels like they focused so much on the kind of death story. They wanted it to do, to do it justice, clearly. I do think they have the best intentions. Yes. That's it. Like, I see the care that yes. they took. And they, they touch on topics that are like, kind of educational, quote unquote, kind of giving it this after school vibes feeling, which I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. It's acceptable. And then they run out of drama with the death story. And then they just like start cramming shit in into the last three episodes. It's like everything else is in the last three episodes. So I do have like, by the end of it, I kind of came to kind of, I think a better understanding of why none of them really fully work. I definitely had a very similar experience. I don't, Unlike season four, where I think the rewatch did let me definitely see a lot more of the positives here. I don't think that my opinion changed that much. Like, it's fine. Like you said, uh, I, I, I really love anything that any uh, piece of art that deals with deafness, especially when it seems like we said that they're taking the care, you know, they definitely want to educate, right? Um, And not just entertain. So it's like that balance between the two. I think they had the best intentions. But ultimately, it feels felt felt flat for me, uh, and it and it's like I think especially those last three episodes, it's like leaning on these like these things that I don't like about Scam France. This like need for drama, this like racing the stakes for absolutely no reason in just the most batshit ways. I I did last week again when we were supposed to record. I did go to the tag to see if I could find some of the like original reactions, <clears throat> and I think a lot of the frustration is with Arthur himself. And this for this feeling that even after watching his whole season, you don't know who he is. Yeah, that's um, that's exactly right. Yeah. And so it's so frustrating because this was a character that everyone was excited for. We, yeah. we liked him in the yeah. earlier seasons. And so he had a lot of promise as a character. And in the end, most people were either I don't understand him or I hate him and he's a jerk. Like right. that's how he ended up coming off yeah. to a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, even as I think the show is trying to be sympathetic towards him, I don't know, there's just a distance uh, and I can't pinpoint why. I think what I kind of came to the uh, two things, one more important than another, or one bigger than another. The smaller one is that as the episodes go on, we really never are given time to be grounded with him. You know, the thing we love about Scam where mm-hmm. we are just given time with a character by themselves, sometimes with a friend, but just like where you get to get in their headspace. I think in the very beginning, the first maybe like two or three episodes when he's first becoming deaf, the show does give you that grounding with him. You know, his frustration, his fear. He, he I think he's kind of fascinating in how he does the, um, the denial mm-hmm. of what's happening to him. I mean, and then you find out he's been denying it for two years, right? So like, it's, it's really, really, really good. And, and you're, you feel for him and I, like I was with him. And then once they get past that period, mm-hmm. It, it, you never have that kind of like connection with him. You're just watching him move through a story. To me, it's definitely like a retcon that he's been deaf in one year for two years. But I think you can still then take what you've established with that character, like his personality, his like a relationship with his friends, like what we like about him and how connected to that. Okay, so like this is an Arthur that actually for that entire time was going through this like very traumatizing experience Uh not only because like there was clearly something wrong with him, but like the his origin, family. Yeah. yeah, family, right? Yeah. And so I think that that contrast can be dealt with uh, in interesting ways, and they just sort of didn't. It I don't is. Know. Yeah, which I think is like the bigger of the two 
issues that I kind of came to where I was like, how do I, I feel like I had this like map, like more clearly articulated in my head last night than I do right now. Um, being deaf and his father and even the love story stories are plot points. They are not, they are not like a fundamental psychological experience, especially I would say, I would say it has to start with his father. Like this this show is about his father, him and his father and his relationship to his father. Well, this, I think this is one part of the reason why I react so negatively to the love triangle, because I'm like, what is it adding? Yeah. 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 So, but, but the, the weird thing is, I think all the pieces are there for it to work in the way it should. It just doesn't because of the way they chose to execute it. So you have like, like if you think about Isak, right? Or, I mean, even Eva and Sana and even Nura, even though I criticize, you know, how it's, as the, how good it was accomplished. But all of those characters, you start with a core, I mean, shame, right? <laughs> Yeah, cheating or being Muslim in a in a secular Christian Western world, or oh, Isak being, I guess, yeah, it's kind of a shame of being gay. It's a little bit more co- complex than that with him, but let's just say that. And you build out from there. Versus here, it should have been, "Am I my father?" Yeah. Which <laughs> is something that builds they out try. from there. Yeah, which they and try. It, they try to do it again. It's an idea that we don't really understand I think entirely until he actually verbalizes it to his mother in like episode yeah. nine or ten. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and so instead of that being like the thing that informs every interaction, every scene, every decision he makes, um, they kind of sprinkle it in as like something you can kind of go back and look on and be like, oh yeah, he cheated and his father cheated. And oh yeah, he he was like mean to his mom kind of and his dad is mean to his mom. And you kind of like put put the pieces back together in retrospect, but you don't see it as like the, the driving force. You are not in his, and this is the empathy experience. You are not in his point of view, in his life, in his, in his emotional shoes, so to speak, uh, as he's going through it. And so you end up kind of at the end of it being like, I just watched a person do a bunch of stuff, but I don't really know him. Do you, uh, did you end up watching Sound of Metal? I didn't. Okay, so I mean, I'm gonna say a, a couple of things about it. So the first thing is that I wanted to love that movie, and it ultimately left me cold, and I still haven't been able to verbalize as to why. Uh-huh. I very briefly like talked about it a little bit, maybe with A, B, and Juan, but we didn't really get a chance. And they were both like, "Oh, Rizamed just didn't do it for me," or like, "It didn't doesn't really matter that he's a musician." And I was like, both of those statements are wrong, in my opinion, because I think the one thing that they do a good job is make me feel empathetic to him, and I think to to Riz, and and it's a, again, it's this. The way that I think it works, interestingly, it's like a story of of an addict who found a place in the world through this relationship that he has with the Olivia Cook character. Mm-hmm. And then what, what being to me, what being deaf threatens or like destabilizes, yes, it's the music, but it's more that relationship. Like, and so he by becoming deaf, he loses that. And that's like, he's been, there's a line that says like that, oh, how long have you been sober? Four years. How long have you been with her? Four years. That part of like why he wants the cochlear implant so much. Yes, it's the music, but it's her. So I, I track that entirely. And even the climax of the movie is that trying to come back to that. They both want to come back to that relationship Uh uh because it is, they both saved each other. Right. His deafness has like changed him. And maybe there is just not no place for them anymore. I don't know. That's my interpretation of it. So okay. to me, it works that way. 
I do not love it as a death story though. And like, so like the reason that he ends up in this place with the other guy who was nominated for the Oscar was that as soon as he becomes deaf, his girlfriend is like, you're an addict. We need to find you like a sponsor or a program that can deal with this, like with you being deaf and being an addict. So they do. So they find this place, but she, she can't be there. And it's like an adjustment for him at first, but he does eventually find a community there. Uh, and he like helps with the kids and those moments are treated with a lot of sensitivity and empathy again. And it's beautiful. Uh, but the movie is at least through for me throughout depressing because I think that's where he is at. And that's why that's why I brought it up. Like it's so in his point of view uh, that the moments of, of, of joy are brief. And ultimately it keeps coming back to like he needs that cochlear impact. He needs to get back to the music. He needs to get back to her. And that's what motivates him throughout. But there are a couple of things that I just don't like about what they're saying. Like, you know, Scam Friends makes it very clear that the cochlear implant is a very divisive issue. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I think the consensus is it's up to you. Yeah. Uh, In the movie, once he gets the implant, they kind of say you have to leave. There's no place for you in this community, which I thought was very, very harsh. But I and I understand that they're saying this is just for this specific community, but I don't know if it comes off that way, but it's such a complicated issue. So I just have a lot of really complex feelings about it. And I left that movie being like, man, this is such a downer. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have to, re- okay, I, have to revisit this after I watch it. Yeah, even though I was really empathetic towards him. And so that's where I guess I wanted to bring it in because of right. that issue. And because of like, I do think that I am with him in the journey, even if I disagree with <laughs> With yeah, I just start getting annoyed with Arthur. There's a really like there's this you know the scene where he um yells at his friends at the at the park. Yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, and I was like, this is fascinating to me because it's actually very satisfying. I'm kind of with him in the sense that I'm like, yeah, like I'm pissed with you and for you. And yet there's something so, there's something very self-righteous about it. And I was like, Arthur gets to be self-righteous a lot. Yes, that's it. There's a large part of the fandom that thinks he's so fucking obnoxious and do not like him after yeah. a scene. I don't dislike him. Actually, I like him a lot. I like his, I like the actor a lot. And he, he like makes him very tolerable, like a lesser actor or more annoying actor would have made it much less tolerable. But I, I can see, I can, I can understand that. I, I just think he like deserves better. I, I found myself thinking that several times, like this character deserves better. Yeah. And this actor, <laughs> both, I mean, all three actors, I would say deserve better. I actually agree with that statement. Yeah. <laughs> but what I mean about like all the pieces being there, like, look, you have a guy who has this very domineering, bullying and physically abusive father who he has a lot of internalized like self-loathing over over like am I like him that's really compelling to Mm -hmm. me and and then uh, because of his father he loses he goes deaf in one ear he keeps it a secret then he loses hearing in his other ear in a very dramatic scam France way in a very dramatic scam France way in a very like cliche way just that drug dealer is so freaking cliche like damn junkie like punching people in the street to steal 20 euros to get high so so yeah so so father leads to deafness deafness leads to like I guess the deaf community which leads to this girl which leads to him cheating which leads back to his father so it's this like like all the pieces are there to where I think I understand what they were going for, where these three things feed into each other. 
when you lay out when you lay it out like that I see the pluses of what they were trying to do what they were trying to do and I um, so so I remember you talking how much you hated a love triangle and for like most of the season I was like oh I'm gonna have to like you know tread carefully on this or like we're gonna like it'll be interesting discussion because I think think it's fine that that they parallel I think hate maybe hate is a strong word I think it also comes from the baggage of scam friends as a whole and this like obsession with, with love triangles as like yeah. this advice that you go o- back to over and over and over again yes and I think that's totally fair and I think it's also even totally fair from just like teen shows in general like can we come up with a different story but taken outside of that context I understand what they were trying to do he is caught between two worlds he, they literalize it <laughs> with his deaf name which I love that they touch on the topic of deaf names and then I feel like they kind of drop it like it's just that one mention moment yeah when I watch like deaf shows make it a point to try to, to memorize their names right so when right. I see the I know that but but my point is just that like I understand why that like he's stuck between two worlds that it's it's a logical parallel story to have to find himself caught between two girls and like outside of the context of like this is in general a cliche and also like a scam friends cliche I, I think it could work. Especially as a parallel to his dad. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of like you have to make that leap for them. It's like, remember how yeah. back when we used to have our very frustrating com- conversations about like the 100 past season four or whatever, we'd be like, right. well, if I assume X, Y, and Z, and- then I can see how this works. But yeah. I, you're asking so much of me. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I literally had to take the time and like, while I was watching and stop and pause and think about like, what are they actually doing? So if I hadn't been taking notes, I don't think I would have connected these things so it's like weird because the pieces are there but because they are they're telling all of these stories as just plot things instead Mm of kind of like deeply like this is what you start the internal structure of your character from and everything builds on top of that the character drives those characters his shame his flaw remember how we did fear shame joy in school his fear shame and joy which are like the three identifiers of a character you should be able to like identify those things in a character instead of those three driving what he does it's like him being deaf drives what he does and how he relates to things and it's weird where for a show that's kind of one of its points is being deaf doesn't define you though it is obviously like a big life change and it's hard to be deaf in a hearing world it like defines him by it he's just he is the deaf guy and and then, oh, and also he's abused by his father and also like he loves this girl, but also this girl. I, this is not that related, but one of my, you know how sometimes you do, there's this one moment that just sticks in your mind forever. And at this point, it must've been more than 10 years ago. I was, uh, when I was back in college, there was this uh, organization called Harvard Storytime Players. And it was one of my extracurriculars. We put on plays, we wrote and put on plays that we would take to hospitals for kids. And one time, one of the girls that was there, she was like, oh, I have to leave. I have to go to my deaf class. And I still feel the shame because my internal reaction was like why is she learning at ASL she's not deaf and like it was so ableist of me I still feel this huge sense of like where's the value in this Uh uh-huh that that like I have been fixated on for like a decade of like why why was that my reaction okay so since you've shared your shame with me I'll share my shame with you very related like weirdly related when I was in college undergrad I was producing a short film where there was supposed to be a little kid who who only spoke in sign language and so I turned I went to the like deaf uh, school in our like college within our school and I asked um, if they would help us 
with the actor we have cast who was not deaf, like there was somebody who could help teach him the, the signs and they sent me back. And I can't remember in my memory, the email was very like snotty. It probably wasn't. And I was just like very defensive and didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. But it, the, in the email, basically they were like, we won't do this because you should be casting a deaf actor. It was the, it was the first time I turned, learned the phrase deaf culture. And I was like, a good actor can step into a culture the same way you could step into a French culture or a Spanish culture or whatever. I didn't think about it for years. And then many years later, I don't even remember what specifically made me shift my understanding of like, they were right. And that moment like came back to me in this like vivid, like painful recollection. And I was like, oh, I was such an asshole. I mean, I didn't reply. I don't think I replied to them, but in my head, I was an asshole. And to, and to like the people I complained to about it, I was an asshole. Yeah, no, no, it's so, it's so fascinating. Now it makes me sad again that the society got canceled. I'm going to keep talking about this forever. I, yeah, like, that was, it's rare for a show to have, I mean, it, there was the society, there was um the one that you watched, what's it called? Which at birth, which had the same deaf actor. Yes. Do you know what, uh, do you remember that podcast? Did you ever listen to stuff you missed in history class? Once or twice. They did a really interesting story on... I think it was that podcast there's an island off the coast of maine or somewhere in new england mm-hmm. right there's like an unusually high percentage of congenital deafness like oh. i think it's like it's just like because it's a small genetic pool frankly, yeah. it, it like it, like 20 of the island is deaf or something some pretty like high number and they've um adapted their li- school and lives to like be inclusive so like just about everyone's knows sign for example one and like of it's in, it's part of their school curriculum. That's amazing. And One of the causes that my my brother's fiance and I guess my brother uh, really believe in. They're both. I, I don't know if I've said it before. Uh, well, they they work in Montessori preschool education. Uh-huh. And so they're both educators. And one of the causes that they really, really believe in is in teaching ASL in all public schools. Yeah, we should. Like, this is like, and so like in in the in their nonprofit uh, organization for uh, early development reading they whenever they do a reading they have an interpreter there too and it's part of their curriculum it's part of their program they teach kids words uh so it's like a whole thing but she's like adamant she's like this is something that should just be the norm yeah Um, yeah absolutely besides I mean for a a number of reasons but uh, but the most obvious one being and and I love that they make this in the show that the scene where they do it that like presentation of the poster they make is a little like cheesy well I uh, also think it's cheesy because I don't think it's a storyline that's done well it feels a little bit like a check mark like we kind of forgot about the storyline for six episodes but yeah, yeah. here it is this is part of what we're trying to tell you right and I agree with everything you're saying but um I don't I don't know these other two characters at all right uh, and I barely know Arthur so I don't feel it as yeah. like I really like what I saw of uh, Mel- Melchior I think his name is. Cure, yeah. Yeah, I really like him. I think we had seen Laura before too in um, season three or four. Like I think okay. she's in the background. So at least she had been set up. But even then, like ultimately they are just their disabilities to me. Exactly. Um, which, which is, is like the whole point is to not, that we are not just our disabilities. <laughs> yes. It's so, it's so, there's so many like contradictions like that in the, in, yes. in the show. Yes. I think, I think that's a lot of it. I do think that there's just like contradictions between what they're trying to do and what they actually do. I think that's why I come back to the love triangle. And so for example, I was like, okay, so you're right. There is this like supposed to be like torn between these two worlds thing, but over and over because the thematically it's not working for me. I was just like, can you imagine how, interesting this story how this would work if there wasn't any analexia in the picture it's just like noe 
And like, she's so fascinating. She's an interesting, but that pull towards that world, but also like that fight against that. And so many of of their scenes work. If I imagine Alexia isn't there, I'm so excited about them. Mm -hmm. Like, like I love the moments between them, that connection. Um, I see her struggle with it too, because she does think he's an idiot because she hates, she does not love hearing people. She gets kind of turned into this almost like relationship punching bag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like over and over, I, I have such a hard time tracking his feelings towards her. Sometimes I don't know if like, I'm like, is Noah reading too much into it? And then I think he's over it. But then I don't, I like really, especially towards that second yeah. half of the season, I could not track where it's, he was with her. Because you're not, he's not anywhere. Yeah, he's just like he is what he is in that moment, but he is not yeah. anywhere. And and also, uh, one thing I kind of also thought when I was watching this is that it's another instance of like trying to do too much where they wanted to like educate about deafness. Okay. And like, give us an empathetic experience of becoming deaf and like, appreciating how difficult it is so that we can treat deaf people better. And then on top of that, they want to tell this father abusive story and this like yes. very deep self. And then on top of that, you have a, lo- a love triangle, not even just a love story. I mean, we, ha- we, we have even criticized like one of our acknowledgements of season three, for example, is that it's trying to give equal weight to the coming out story and to Evan's mental health. And it just can't like it right. does not have the time. Uh, to do both of those very important uh, things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that mental illness storyline sort of like ends up being like, kind of like you're saying the plot point or the obstacle or that, you know, and so it's not given necessarily the care that it deserves, although I do think that a lot of it works. So it was similarly here, I was like, there's nothing wrong with these as like each of them separate, but as a whole, then you're like, what is happening? (laughs) Right. It's funny, like, you know, when, because I, you know, I teach film, to to kids in uh-huh. elementary school and so one of the things that we've done in the last couple of years is really nail down a very basic story premise oh, uh-huh. for the kids like down to like in page one this yeah. should have the flaw in page three like we see this in page five we see the lesson you know <laughs> uh, the theme stated yes exactly and like what a discussion that we had at some point was like you know if you're reading one of their scripts and you realize oh they've they've they have this other subplot that's also really interesting we don't have the time so you talk to them and you say which one is more interesting to you and that's the one that you have to go for and right. I think that influence sometimes needs that conversation <laughs> yeah. with the fifth graders. Uh, which one is more interesting to you okay stick to that one mm-hmm. and I, th- I just feel like we don't see perhaps as we don't see enough of the father we, or we don't see enough of him like the father's storyline exists in a void from every other storyline and it should not mm-hmm. be that way uh, like you're saying, I think it should inform every other storyline, especially like it, it makes me think like one of my favorite things about this season was being able to see Baz from Arthur's point of view. Uh-huh. I loved that friendship in a way that I did not expect to. Like uh-huh. I really understood the depth of their, their love for each other, how caring of a friend ba- Baz can be. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. I was just really touched by it. Like I remember that that scene in episode three or four where he's like I love you well no yeah there's that I love you outside the bathroom which I love like I'm not gonna leave until you say I love you but then I think an episode later where he's like there's something clearly wrong with you is it that you're gay like because right (laughs) yeah and and so like I I really felt that love between them I really loved seeing that and so like even I'm not saying he has to like share his family trauma with his friend but at least the struggle is this is this is one of my the people I love most in the world because then I think the idea is supposed to be when he does open up to Noah 
that is supposed to be the hint that yes, he feels like she has become a person that he has not been able to find anywhere else that connection. But it, it doesn't feel as as big of a moment as it should be because I don't see his struggle before, maybe. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. I will, One thing that I thought they did really well, one thought that worked, kind of worked really well for me, is the introduction of the father. Just that mm-hmm. actor did a really great job when he comes in and kisses his wife. I mean, you've had the setup of her saying she left medical school because, you know, she was he was a year ahead and he was so ambitious, which was very like red flags. Yep. But the minute he comes in and the way he looks at his son, <laughs> there is so much tension and subtext there. It was like blood chilling, actually. <laughs> so like, I thought that was really, really great. And then they don't do anything with it. And you're yeah, like, so for like trips with them, like, wait, did I imagine that? Was that not supposed to be the way I interpret it? <laughs> and so you're just not with him. I feel like I have to talk sorry I know now you're talking about the dad but I'm like I feel like I, then I have to talk about that other side of the love triangle with it which is Alexia which is where it also comes to me like a another missed opportunity because I feel like the instinct to make Alexia the girlfriend is because we all love her has been had has been established so we can't give her her own season but this is your chance to get as close as that as you can right but I don't know man it also fell flat for me several reasons Um, I mean, she does even mention towards the end that she has worked so hard in this relationship to like sort of melt herself to to make it work. And I and it's interesting because I do think I see that. And that's a thing that previous Alexia was always like, no, the moment a guy or girl, whoever was asking her to change, there was no then she was like, it's over. But I understand that this she was like, I've never felt this way before. So so yes, like, that's why I'm willing to do it. But then I felt like I lost a little bit of who she is yeah Um, that's interesting I did not even pick up on that on what you just described which I think is telling of like how little is there of it because there is too much stuff yeah she gets lost in the plot and like you said she's then just a plot and then it's just a plot that doesn't work because your audience is on her side they've known her for longer they've liked her for longer yeah so whenever you cheat on Alexia people are angry Right, right, right. See whatever thematic statements you want to make. They're seeing you are hurting this girl that I love. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah. What I was thinking for most of the season about her is it's a shame that the only show, as far as I know, at least that I've seen, that gets to do something significant with the Chris character makes her so so like bland because she's so I think her her blondness comes from this thing that like, do they have to make her bland to fit with Arthur because he's bland? I have no fucking idea. Well, the idea like, of seasons three and four is brighter than this. Absolutely. Like- and, I, and I think you're right. I think the dilemma, now I'm thinking back on it, I'm like reinterpreting stuff and saying like, oh, I think we're supposed to understand that she has like, she has kind of melded herself, uh, toned herself down a little bit to be with him. And that's a really interesting character dilemma and like a relationship dilemma to explore, but they don't have the room for it. And so you're just sort of like, yeah, yeah, you're sort of like, who's this like sweet, but bland girl. If you track her interests throughout, it's really fascinating that like one season she's really into dancing, then she's really into singing, then she's really, so even that sort of flightiness of her trying to figure out what she loves the most, where she fits in, what box she wants to, you know, like, I think that could also be really interesting character stuff that 
it's just there. It's just there. Yeah. It's like another <laughs> thing thrown in. I mean, I feel like I've said it in different ways without like one grand statement, but that's ultimately why the love triangle doesn't work for me. I was like fine with it mostly. I get, I was like, I see what they're trying to do. I don't think they're doing a great job. And then in episode eight, <laughs> one of the weird, like bad things that happens in that, he yet again kind of like pseudo breaks up with Noe. And she yet again, kind of like, just gets very like teary eyed and walks out. And that's when I was like, all three characters deserve better. Well, not only that, then she gets her one big moment of talking, which is supposed to be this monumental, she hates her voice. Yeah. This, this big moment. And I'm just like, this feels phony and flat and it makes me uncomfortable. Yes. You have not earned it. Absolutely. Yes, everything, all of it. And it's, then he gets run over by a car. And which totally undercuts this moment. You couldn't even let her have the moment. I had to like overshadow it with something ridiculously monumentally weird and out of nowhere. I hate um, it. The, <laughs> the the I love you moment is like this is not working and it should no. they have factual they have like in terms of the store like in terms of what they like they need to set it up is there. They explained how hard this is for her and they also gave us that scene with those two imbecile girls who are in the most cliche almost impossibly stupid way um um being awful and so so they've laid out the stakes and yet that moment falls so flat and it's and it's a number of things I think the actors didn't seem sold on it either almost yeah yeah yeah. and then it gets undercut but even but even without the car crash it probably because at that point we've had so many like uh, like back and yeah, forth. yeah there's just this back and forth where I don't know whether he's struggling or just being like ambivalent and changing his name because he's a dick there's a lot of like awkward dialogue um this is kind of off topic but when they walk there's like that party they're having and they walk into Elliot is showing them his bedroom and there's these like three paint swatches on the wall and they're like what's that and it, it was just very like this is not teenagers talking there's a lot of dialogue in this so I'm like well yeah and, and a lot of it talking. is kind of like for example that is so that they can set up like the fun reference to that one time they had sex in the common room and there was like paint all over right uh, right uh, it, it, it just falls from my flat and I can't tell if it's the loss in translation quality of it or um and, but another example is that like they talk about cheating and stuff. They don't talk. They don't deal with these things the way I think teenagers deal with them. And I, yeah. I'm just like thinking of me as a teenager. So I'm not like the archetype, like I, you know, different teenagers are different, mm-hmm. but there's something very, um, you know, you know, which one was the about it. Uh huh. not even like their relationships because whatever, like when they find the picture of Emma's mom on the phone, Perfect example. Everyone's reaction is so weird. Yes. Perfect example. I don't even know what it should be, but it's not that. It is so weird. And it was so funny because I actually do really like, like one of our criticisms of the previous season, at least for you, was that you didn't really like Emma. I actually really liked Emma this season. Like I thought that they were really good pair funny a contrast parallels too and and I had never thought to think of of Emma and and Arthur as in any way parallel and yet I really saw that dynamic really worked for me and sort of like I agree with Arthur in that well we don't have to be step siblings to be close and I was like yeah but then why did you do this and like why are you so both so like nonchalant but also not at the same time like I (laughs) understand yes completely completely 
Um, I'm like, is it because they're French? I don't know. They're just too mature. They have like weight. Oh, um, another example is Alexia talking to him about she had issues about her body. And then she like decided it's not that that has to change. It's that like my internal has to change or whatever. And I'm like, did you have like 30 years of therapy already? And you're just like 16? Like, how did you come to that realization? It's not that it's impossible that she did. It's just that there's a lot of things like that that are- Well, and then it makes me want to wonder, that's another aspect that makes me wonder, oh, is she she more toned down because like she was overcompensating and that was her way of sort of like taking the attention away from the fact that she has like these uh, body issues. But now that she's with Arthur- I don't know. I like, I'm trying, yeah. Again, yeah, I'm you're trying, trying to explain it. Um, this is again, jumping around, but just about Emma. I loved her so much in the season, actually, that at one point really? I, was like, I think this is my favorite non Eva Eva. I just love how simple a character she is. Like she's not like, she's just very straightforward and yet she's complex. Yeah. That's why I really enjoyed her with Arthur because she was very much the Emma that Scam France has established, where she's like still figuring herself out. She's very much the girl next door. She's kind of sporty, you know, not like too high maintenance or whatever. Not a lot of like makeup and clothes. It doesn't seem like. And she's very kind of like, she's, it's, not, it's not that she's dumb. It's just that she like, I mean, they even t- touch upon the Arthur Tazer, like, you know, you don't have to, you do, it doesn't mean you don't have to try or something like that. There's that scene at the gym, at the racetrack or whatever. I mean, at yeah. the there's something so like I I know I remember girls like this in high school or people it wasn't just girls there's just this like kind of like nonchalance about the future that is admirable but also hides a lot of anxiety yeah I was gonna say I think what I loved is this acknowledgement that you could instantly tell that they both understood that they both had this shared anxiety and that none of their friends were getting it right yeah, like, it was like this is this is why we bond, but we don't have to. Like we can talk about it, but we don't. Have, it was one of the moments where it felt like it didn't have to explicitly say it. Yeah, they were just having an honest conversation about it, where it was like, yeah, I don't know what my path is, but I think I'll find it. Yeah, me, you know, you you will too. You will, yeah. <laughs> and it, it just felt very normal. Uh, it's one of those moments where it did feel like normal teenagers being like, "Am I anxious about this? Yes, but also, <laughs> what can I do about it?" And she's so like, kind of like kind of lost a little bit but also so like intuitive yes and he and he he kind of points that out and she's yeah. like yeah. and I think I don't think she gets enough validation in her group for for being that way and for her being that constant for everyone right and she's so like sort of straightforward and not high maintenance is the right word but like no nonsense maybe but also yeah. so dreamy at the same time she's always yeah. sort of like off in space in her own head like it's such a fascinating combination yeah um, I really really actually like I was I was really curious to see what you were gonna say because I remember last season she didn't do anything for you yeah who does she remind you of the actress does she remind you of anyone like another actor um I don't know if I want to say there were moments where she reminded me of Amanda Bynes from okay what's that gender bending Shakespeare comedy she did. She's the man. Yes, thank you. Um, but but like there's someone else and I can't quite put my finger on it. Anyway, not important. All right, I'll try to think about. And and so I actually think that out of the girl squad, she's kind of the one that comes off the best. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, one you don't see very much. Alexia is sort of this. I don't want to say victim, but yeah, of and then sort of gets lost in the blandness. It's just very like blandly saintly, like when she sings that song, you know, which I, by the way, love that song, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it was fantastic. I heard wrote that like fucking amazing. Even but, uh, even as I felt bad for the boys who had been like, can we still play for her? Yeah. I mean, like, is our friend? And then she's yeah. like, hey, I don't need you. I don't need uh, you. I'm better than that. <laughs> that yeah, was the but, one. Actually, that was the one place where I thought it was really interesting that they dealt with the cheating. Whereas, like, how does this affect the friend group? Yeah, I actually did like that. <laughs> yes. Actually, yes. And the way she, I mean, the way. Um, and and Daphne, I even though even though I thought Daphne was being ridiculous, I understood because I was like, yeah, that's sometimes that's how you are as a yeah. team. Well, he's my best friend. Yeah, but I'm your girlfriend, and I'm telling you that yeah. you cannot hang out with your best. And she's friend. also you're also the, her friend, so you should hold yeah. her up more. And they're like, uh. but, then, <laughs> but then yeah, and then his like appeal to her, them about that was really yeah. I agree. I didn't note it, note it, but you're right. It's totally well done. Like really, really well done. Yeah, I I I will say everyone else felt a little bit. There's there's not a lot of Iman. We only see Sophia twice. Yeah, wish I had I seen counted every moment. Aware. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Iman uh, is hardly in it, and she's very like a, just like a a character that serves a function in that moment. Um, yeah. and then Daphne is just kind of annoying, which, annoying. Kind of uh, which annoys me because I actually am a defender of Daphne in the other seasons. Like I liked her quirkiness, and here I was just like, ah, whatever. It's and I knew. And the thing, well, the first thing was that I was aware that it was like all a setup for Lola, and I was like, I don't care. It, it's not doing anything right I because you had mentioned her name to me Lola that like when they have that detention and she walks in and I was like oh is this the Lola are they introducing Lola yeah. <laughs> and, and then by the end of course I know they did because she's yeah. actually in it uh I just thought that was, that was kind of like a fun backdoor way into her character yeah, I get it but I was just like eh, whatever like, but again that storyline is super boring because you're like what is going on like it's just a yeah. thing that I'm not privy to I'm just seeing the sort of like cliff notes version of it so I don't I have no connection to either of those characters oh going back to Baz we are really jumping around I did really love him and that moment in the bathroom I was like this is so wonderful that they're showing yes. like a guy who's willing to say I love you to his guy friend yeah he loves you and it's very sincere and like great by the end and I would say like a lot of stuff in this season is like a s- slow descent into the not good version of it for me um including the relationship with Baz where by the end I think it's in the hospital when he comes in and he's like hugging him and I was like getting this weird feeling of did you have this as well I, I sounds like not but I feel like by th- they know what buttons they're pushing in their fandom and I don't even mean queer baiting ones at all I just mean like I could imagine it felt to me like I could feel the people making the show writing this scene and just being like oh the fans are gonna love this like show of love between two friends who are boys there's something very insincere to me about it by that point and I can't uh I can't put my finger on what it was maybe it was just like a general dissatisfaction with the show so yeah, I, was gonna say, I definitely didn't read it that way but I definitely felt uh, much post Valentine's Day fight I do feel a bigger sense of distance from the boy squad as a whole Mm-hmm. they've never been my favorite boy squad but I was just again not that interested in them uh, and I don't know that it's necessarily me being like it's because Arthur isn't interested at all and I'm like I don't think so no. I think <laughs> something about the way that they were written where I was like I could I could leave it or take it I don't I can take it or leave it I don't care that much which is really frustrating to me um because I do like them I like Jan I like Luca um I like Bass and yet they would show up and I'd be like eh 
whatever. Yeah, individually, they're all fine. It's just somehow yes. as a group, there isn't that. Yeah, it, and maybe that's it. That there, there was a f- certain fakeness to them as a group that I wasn't connecting with. <laughs> I don't know why. I feel like we've talk- talked about it, but I don't. Do we want to talk about some of the things that we did like about the portrayal of deafness? Yeah, I mean, I, sure. I mostly it was just that I felt like they clearly had talked to people in the deaf community and were like, "This is yes. what we would like to see." I agree with you, and so I liked that they they cast deaf actors. I liked that they had this community center place. Although I didn't think it worked narratively as well as the community center did in season four, where it was like this place where everyone kept sort of meeting and it served several functions. And here it was just like. Oh, every time he wants to see Noah, he has to go here. Um, it, it, it felt a little bit more artificial. Uh-huh. Uh, I guess I wanted the building itself to mean something to him. Well, a little bit. I also had questions about her. Like, does she go to school? Uh, <laughs> he does. I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot I don't know, but I don't, you know, yeah. so it's just like. So, then, so it's like in some some ways it felt she like she didn't exist in that, in that building. And exactly. That she didn't exist beyond this building. So that was funny because we do actually see her at the pool, but. Yeah, we do. We see, I love the pool section. I, like that was one of the ones that I remembered. I was, I was like, oh, I remember this. This is a fun, this is a uh-huh. fun sequence. But yeah, like for the most part, she like kind of doesn't exist. But every, not only that, yeah, we do see her outside, but every time we see her outside, she's kind of coming from there, uh, you know? So there's always this connection. She's either yeah. at the pool or at the center and like deaf and that's it. And so so there was something that felt very writery and artificial about this place uh-huh. where I felt like it should be a place that he is trying to fit in or trying to figure out if he wants to fit in or not. Whereas it was very clear to me that he was just going to see Noah. <laughs> I wonder if, yeah I was gonna say I wonder if it's another case of like too many things at the same time where if the space if you were first introduced the space and then through the space introduced to Noe then it would be better because then she really does represent a community that he wants to be a part of but because he sees her before and kind of like I don't know maybe has a crush on her I'm not entirely sure uh, interested he, yeah, he's like yeah. vaguely interested in, or he thinks he's pretty, but because, so it actually, it works the other way around. It's like his interest to no way leads him to the deaf community and it should be the other yeah. way around. Mm-hmm. So, it's so, like, that, so that's happening. really, yeah. So I thought that was a little weird-ish, uh, something that I noted. I, I also really like me. Um, I thought yeah, he was really yeah. in contrast and I really liked seeing them just do normal teen stuff. And, and that wasn't a big deal, you know, because I brought it up also with, uh, sound of metal the conversation about the co- cochlear implant and how it's great yeah there's all these points of view yes it yeah. does feel a little bit like psa after uh, preachy but i don't know i liked it i liked that it was there like that it was a plot point i like that yeah. sorry just the car accident when you mentioned her being uh, no way in the pool and everything <laughs> Did you notice? Okay, so the car accident is just like totally like insanity out of nowhere, in my yep. opinion, uh, in the weirdest way possible. Yep. But yeah, but okay, but did you notice like very early, like I think the third, maybe fourth episode, it's the first time Noe speaks to Arthur. He's coming out of the pool. She has seen him. She has recognized that he can't hear and she approaches him and tries to speak to him. And I mean, yeah, she speaks to him in sign language and he's like, I'm not deaf. And she's like, yeah, okay, whatever. And she gives him her phone number and walks away. He texts her, why did you give me your number? And she stops and looks back at him and texts him back because I don't know, because I don't like liars, but I do 
like dumbasses or something like that. Something very cute yeah. and flirty. I actually really liked that. Anyway, for some reason, I was super conscious that when she turned around and texted back, she's standing in the middle of a crosswalk. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, no deaf person <laughs> can possibly be dumb enough <laughs> to forget that they're in the middle of a street after a lifetime of dealing with their deafness. And then when he actually gets hit by the car, I was like, wait, were they foreshadowing? <laughs> I, don't think they wanna, I don't think they're that smart in terms of that. I can't tell if they're that smart, if they're not that smart or if they are that dumb to do it. It's so funny that you remind me that we, I just finished this Korean drama called Ito One Class and there is a lot of people getting run over by cars. So every <laughs> single time any character was in a crosswalk and stopped for any minute, I was like, move, move, move. move, move. Haven't you learned? Do you not know what show you're in? I need you to keep walking, please. Honestly, <laughs> it's nothing to do with deaf people. No one would stop in the middle of a crosswalk under any circumstance and turn around to text someone. Yeah, like take a step back or keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like just like finish the go go, go the five steps to the end of the, the street. Can you tell that by the end? Like, I just want you to visually see this. Like, these are like my very detailed notes. And then in the last episode, I'm just writing one word, like towards the end. And I'm like, I don't even know what they mean. I wrote Elliot graffiti. Is it something else? <laughs> what is it the... Yeah, at the end with the... Yeah, yeah the silhouettes. silhouettes. Again, like a lot of things. I'm like, this should be good. And yet yeah. I don't feel it. Do yeah, me too. I don't me, feel... It made me really sad because I was like... Technically, it's not the goodbye for those characters because they are around in the next season because they haven't graduated yet. But this is the goodbye of them as the mains and yeah. of this gang. Um, and so I really wanted to feel emotional. And I was just like, oh, this is cute. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 earlier, at the very beginning of this conversation, I said something about how like I'm fine with, with Arthur and either girl. Like I don't ship particularly either one or not ship either one. Like I like them yeah. both fine is um, by the end, they're all talking about love and like Alexia is in love with him and he's in love with both and Noe loves him for some reason. And, and I was like, I, the one emotion I don't feel in this season is love. Yeah. Right. Like every other couple, Nurohelm even, you know, uh, not to mention Evac and all the, the beloved ones. I mean, Nurohelm is also beloved, but like, I, I feel the love there. Like I am, I'm on a journey. I'm watching a love I, develop. I, yeah, me too. When, when Noe says, I love you. Right. I was like, you know, every other couple has said it in the same timeline and I'm okay with it. And in this case, my reaction was like, no, you don't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Why? What makes you love him? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's, so it was just really frustrating for me. In terms yeah. of One other really small thing I appreciated was just the, the beanie forced kind of brought up the com the conversation of the no hats in school rule yeah yep in, in that moment where iman is like sorry that we messed it all up for you hipsters or whatever and i did appreciate the actually for the sh for the show and for any show subtle highlighting of that this rule not only impacts religious minor minorities uh, but there are all kinds of reasons why that's a bullshit rule yeah in this case it like shames a boy you know who who like has a health reason yeah, I mean, he called it a health reason, but so because I hadn't seen the whole season until last week, and you know, again, we have absolutely no order. I'm sorry. I I think the discussion makes sense and it's flowing, but I'm gonna go back to the dad. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's the most. I think it's maybe the most disorganized conversation we've had. Which is funny because I started off by saying like, look, I, there are three major I categories. Also I also have a list, and we just have not. <laughs> 
<laughs> which is like all over the place anyway go ahead uh, so I didn't know the resolution of like the doctor and how he comes back oh, right. uh, mm-hmm. later on um which I I really liked this um, sort of acknowledgement of that there is a reason that this this the doctors and these figures exist mm-hmm. and then and then the nurse from the school I was like okay that's a fun way to include the nurse in this season <laughs> and and sort of it was really interesting that they I, I didn't expect it at all for him to have that moment of adults reaching out in a very mature way because so far the reactions that we've had from the pa- the dad is anger obviously uh-huh. the mom is sort of not a lot like she's a lovely woman but yeah I did love that she's smoking pot with him at the end yeah I do love that uh but the teachers have been more like oh I don't want to talk about it like oh right. I don't know how to handle this oh, right. oh yes very much you're right the principal the woman teacher all of them yeah. are very like so, so I'd like awkward. I like to see those sort of not, not parental but adult figures reaching out and trying yeah. to create like a sort of like safe space yeah yeah and sort of, I think that the, the doctor very smartly, you know, remember the don't tell my parents, especially the one from two years ago situation. Mm-hmm. And it was something that like was a red flag at the time. And then probably like him, yeah. was able to make that connection. So I thought that was interesting. I, I do. I, I, I agree with what you're saying with the doctor scene, though, a little bit, not so much with that one, but a lot of other things as the episodes go on, there's this very like pat sense of wrapping things up in a yeah, way yeah. that is kind of like annoying <laughs> no that's that's a lot of my feeling about episode 10 and that's where the pat the like the presentation that they make with the yes. other ability having those conversations with both noah and alexia about like let's reflect on our relationship feels really fast yeah <laughs> they have to wrap it up yeah it's like what they should have been dealing with the whole season and even that secret party at the end that kind of comes out of nowhere it's like oh it's because we have to say goodbye to everyone and we have yes. to in the same location this is the first time that i've I usually love when the remakes have little shout outs to OG. And in this one, it felt, I did not like it. And I think it felt like, and this is, I don't know, this is just me. This is just me. But it felt like like the show resting on laurels, on another show's laurels, because it doesn't have enough of its own or something. Mm -hmm. I think it comes from my overall sense of like, I think Scam Friends as a whole, like I couldn't describe Scam Friends to you. Do you know what I mean? Like I can describe every other version, even the Austin version. I, I yeah. feel like has a distinctive voice. It's not one that I particularly enjoyed, but I do, I do have adjectives I can say about it, but like scam friends. I'm like, it's a show. It's good cinematography. That's it. That's all I have. And my understanding is that season six is the same way. Like you're like, oh, great intentions, great. Here's here's the things that I like. Here's right. everything else. I can see what you were trying to do. Here's right. where that didn't work. Right, right, um, right. I do know that Seven is different writers, and I think it might be possible that those writers are better. Question mark. We'll see when we get there. I feel like we're being very, very harsh on it because the the truth at the end of the day, I, I feel like ultimately like, I want to say that I do not hate this season, so I want to make no, that. no, absolutely. That's what I was getting at. Like even though I think they just fundamentally didn't accomplish so I was, emotionally what they what they set out to do yeah so one of the things that I wanted to do I don't think I've mentioned it here my original plan like at the beginning of this year was on our Instagram and on Twitter I was gonna do like I'm gonna say one nice thing about every remake that mm-hmm. aired a season this year and that was gonna be like ultimately my my friend's thing was like you know they are ambitious 
yeah. they have the best of intentions, yeah. but they end up to lean towards the drama and end up. You began the whole thing by saying people online were like, I don't know Arthur after five hours of watching his story. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly how it feels. <laughs> well, speaking of characters that I do know, we said it on the text messages, but I just want to shout out the, the scene where they all go to Bass's grandpa's farm. <laughs> I can't believe we haven't mentioned Fifi. <laughs> yes. And uh, the largest and, rabbit in existence. Elliot, yeah. Elliot falls in love with the largest rabbit in. What the, when he pulled that thing out, I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I thought rabbits were like this big. But apparently. Not in France. Apparently they're gigantic in France. Like if that and thing he- came at me, I would be scared. <laughs> It's like, a, it's like a medium-sized dog. It was huge. So he falls in love instantly <laughs> with this beautiful rabbit. And, uh, and cut to. And cut to. <laughs> dinner! I thought, I remember thinking like it was a weird, there's something off about it. Like, I, I was like, are they going for a joke? But then like. I think it is a joke. Because then he also goes like, I think I'm vegetarian now or something. Or, yes. But there was something like. It was just interesting because it's like, you don't get a lot of Elliot this season. And yeah. so. Th- this is how you choose to spend one of the moments. I'm not against him holding a beautiful rabbit. Yes, go for it. Sure, yeah. I feel like there's something unspoken happening between them that I wasn't following. That's another like side note. Well, it's definitely, there's definitely an implication throughout the season. Like for example, when they have the housewarming, oh, thank you for coming for the new housewarming. We had to cancel the other one. So like, it's definitely them still struggling with Elliot's mental illness uh-huh. and especially now that they're living together and what that means and what that looks like but again it's very much we're being told these things okay we're not quite experiencing them yeah so I think there's a little bit of a dissonance okay is there anything else you want to say about France or should we just kind of wrap that up I think that's all the like notes notes I have oh no I have a, a huge one okay tell me. not a huge one but like I did not like this score I did like the soundtrack which is like the, oh, the, okay. the music that they choose like the dance music and all that. it's fun I like it. it's stuff yeah, I like. That was fun too. the piano score mm-hmm. um felt like it was overwrought and just like cueing me in to feel things where I'm like you don't need this I would be feeling something if you didn't have this piano cueing me to feel sad or whatever but worse than that <laughs> you like they could have done or such an interesting like experience with the silence I mean he's literally you have a character who's literally gone deaf the first time I noticed it is when he um after he gets up after being punched and there's like snow falling and this piano music and he like walks out of the alley and he's looking around and he's like looks horrified and I'm like why does he look horrified and then I was like oh because he can't hear the buses but I'm not making that connection because I'm fucking listening to the music so yeah. how much more interesting would it have been if it had just been like utter silence with maybe that like humming noise or that buzz noise, whatever it was. Yeah, I'm I'm very intrigued by that choices that were being made. Uh, that is something that actually that once you watch Sound of Metal, I do think that they have, it's a, it's about silence and silence. music. So like, I think the sound design is actually really interesting, especially that that's kind of like the cathartic moment at the end. Right. By the way, that's where the sound, that's where the name comes from. The sound, the, the, oh, uh, <laughs> that's the title the movie is from yes so uh, um, or, or like another blatant yeah, example it felt very conventional when when it was a place to be uh, more maybe inventive you could have been well and, and also like grounding us in his emotional experience and his experience yeah, yeah, yeah. of the world even at the end um he takes his earrings out, I mean his earrings he's hearing aids out and they've made a 
they've actually made it a point. She's made a whole point about how like the silence is the moments you should cherish most. So he takes his hearing aids out for the final, to, you know, to be with his friends and immediately classical music starts playing. Oh, really? I didn't catch that. Like, give me the freaking, he just- um, let me let me have those moments of silence. You're actively taking me out of his point of view right now. I remember whenever Switched Up Birth would do like point of view of what the the muffled kind the, of the deaf students were hearing. I, I wish I kind of want to rewatch it now. I remember that it was more like this really backgroundy dull sound, so it wasn't quiet per se. Do that a couple of times too. Yeah, a yeah. few times, like as if everything is just very very muffled. Yeah, or or as if you're hearing it with like like pillows over your ears or something like like something very like blocking noise yeah. like for a show that is about deafness and silence it is weirdly afraid of silence it mm-hmm. never has moment of silence like it's just it just immediately fills it with something and I was like this is such a yeah weird choice I, I, yeah and it's like it speaks to me it's some sort of fear narratively Absolutely. yeah uh, that's that's interesting there's a lot of stuff where I feel like they were they said they were sensing that my guess is they were sensing that something wasn't adding up but they like couldn't they they did they didn't figure out what it was in time or something and so yeah. there's a lot where they're like relying on they're just like that's that's where the kitchen sink element comes in we're just like just yeah, throw yeah. this in too and throw this and there's a car accident and then he's abusive and just sort of like but not sort of going back to the foundation building up. so anyway I think that was my final note um all right cool uh then i think that's it for scam friends i did want to point out uh, there was the person who runs the Illumination. i think they, they also have a tumblr uh where the, where the links are all there and they must have discovered our podcast recently so they've been listening and reblogging with different comments and so they have they actually have a series which i think you'll like but you have to find the tag i think and where they they do like co- cultural context for each episode of og scam <laughs> responding to some of our comments and the one that has literally kept me up at night because of how I want to say American it is or like how call culture obsessed we are is that when in one of the last episodes of Scam when William comes in to Eva's birthday party and he parks in the driveway and we make a comment about like why is there space in the driveway everyone would have driven there there would not be any space she's like literally not a single person there drove there uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not just American that's California <laughs> so like, she was like I didn't even include it in my cultural like explanations because I thought it was just obvious <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny wait but podcast is this or sorry I didn't follow the who, who's you know, commentary the tumblr in our tumblr oh 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 oh, oh, oh. got it in our Tumblr, Scam English Subs has been rep- listening to us and replying on, on our Tumblr with uh-huh. commentary. That was so funny to me. I love, uh, I love that. I love that they're listening. My God, like, thank and you. And I was I like, guess. I was like, so like, comment away. Like, oh my God, our perspective, because it's like, culture is also a huge part in Puerto Rico. So I was just like, I, yeah. And- point <laughs> like, I mean I should be the most ashamed because I lived in New York City where though to be fair in the city that I lived in where no one had a car no one had driveways either <laughs> so <laughs> it was just really funny uh I'll send you I'll send you some of them of of, of the commentary that they that's really funny yes yeah, to me I will say that kind of like I mean everyone has cultural blind spots obviously one thing I wanted to say at the beginning of this and totally forgot was that like I do wish I had context I wish that like I knew what deaf people thought about this season yes, yes, I, I, I have no I don't know that I have 
because you know for for the sauna seasons for example i try to be on the lookout to see what 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 are the muslim watchers um reacting to what do they yeah. like what do they not like like just because i like to have obviously i don't know i don't have that perspective i want to know whereas with this i don't know i have no yeah. idea where to get it um but to like me as a hearing person these seem pers- that that's interesting that's, insightful things my, but- even some of my commentary of sound of metal comes from articles that i've tried to what does right. the deaf community think about this what are these you know so um but here i'm like i have no idea so yeah we're- like I'm reacting void. If anyone knows, let us know. All right. Then I think that's it. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Thank you so much. uh, Au revoir. Au revoir.